of St Luke's in Brotyferry in Scotland. Today we're going to think about why we should be emotional about our faith. In fact, early on in the letter to the Philippians, Paul writes this. I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. There are some causes in this world I know I should be passionate about, but deep down I know I'm not. You may feel the same way about this issue or that in the news. Others invariably make my blood boil, such as cruelty to children and animals. And here in Britain, we recently saw a small boy die with an incurable disease in hospital, even though his parents had fought through the courts to try and keep the life support systems going. Whose heart could not go out to that small child and his parents? Put simply, we feel these situations less in our heads than in our very intestines. Paul too felt things in his very intestines. For although his joyous salutation to the young church at Philippi was the standard form for the ancient world, the follow-on remark that I read showed he really meant it. Since he had a love for his nascent followers that was in his heart, and he had a concern for them, that was in his stomach. And we can see his sincerity in the fact that he was writing from prison and probably in some personal jeopardy himself. But what was the cause of his concern that made him write in the first place? Well, it seems some preachers had descended in Philippi and were leading its congregation to a dry and legalistic interpretation of both scripture and faithful living. This was an anathema to Paul, because he had led the charge for a gospel of freedom, freedom from religious taboos, freedom from ritualistic behaviour, and freedom from the demands of always getting it right. Yet he, in his missive, is also offering another dimension of freedom, and that is the freedom to engage the emotions as well as the mind. Engage them in our expression of faith, engage them in our worship engage our emotions in our daily spiritual experience. This freedom to be emotional was brought home to me on Christmas Eve when I was at a watch night service in my then local Church of England in Somerset. The building itself dated back to around AD 600. In fact, the village that I was living in was named after the itinerant monk founder of that church, St Michael. Now, in that church's stone porch, there was a list of all its priests and vicars, dating through the ages, including the Norman Conquest and the English Reformation. Well, during that midnight service, my mind wandered for a minute 
for it was rather wordy and archaic in its liturgy. Suddenly I realised I was in the very spot that people had worshipped the birth of Christ for nearly 1,500 years. Then for the merest lightning's flashes, it was like putting two mirrors in parallel and I looked down the long corridor of time. And in that moment my emotions, and not my mind, made me feel like a cog in the eternal. I felt a gnaw in my heart, way beyond my understanding. Well, my own Presbyterian denomination has always prided itself on being an educated church, having an educated ministry. In fact, it's often been said that up to 40 years ago, it had won all the intellectual arguments in this, our tiny land. However, this dominance of the mind is long gone and perhaps for the better. Since that attitude forgot human emotions, it forgot the place of our feelings, indeed it forgot Paul and the Philippians. Since he appeals to his followers in Macedonia, not through grainy arguments, instead he reaches out through the emotions of love and joy. He warns them that the emotion of selfishness was creating falsehood. Moreover, he invites them to use their emotions and not their intellect to separate the good from the bad. Now let each of us at this moment follow Paul by engaging our gut feelings. Let's do that very often unchristian thing of being emotional. Let's be open to the emotions that started us on our journey of faith rather than all the logical conclusions we came to later. Then allow that return of heart into our faith to revive us, to rebuild us and to re-inspire us. Let us also be aware that our emotions can mislead when they are base and when they are a tad nasty. For if we are honest with ourselves, we know in our heart of hearts when we are following a dangerous path. Finally, let our emotions guide us into deciding what is false and what is true in the world around us, since that is the beginning of discovering what and who are darknesses masquerading as light. Or as they say, if something smells fishy, it probably is. However, you may hear all of this, but still feel being emotional in church is just too risky. Well, the noted theologian William Willimon, in his book Going for the Gold, wrote this. As a kid, my favourite book was Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. I read that work a dozen times or more. Of course, I identified with Jim, the boy in the story, but thinking back, I really loved the adults in Treasure Island because I didn't know any adults like the ones who peopled that book. Grown-ups who staked all, risked everything for nothing more than some map scrawled on a piece of paper. The adults I knew stayed at home, kept their heads down, went to work in the morning and then came back again in the evening. But in Treasure Island, they risked, they lied, if need be, and they had great lives and exciting deaths. Yes, it is risky to be emotional about our worship, about our spiritual life, and about our commitment to Christ. It can steer us into strange and exciting adventures. It could sail us to unexpected 
and exotic places. It might even propel us through Western Christianity's ocean of half-heartedness and fatigue and despondency. It may even force us to find God's treasure island, his joy-filled kingdom. That is, provided we then have the guts to set foot on it. Let us pray. Lord God, help us to engage all our emotions in our worship and in our daily spiritual life. Let us be emotional for Christ, because he was emotional with love for us. Amen. Well, I hope this podcast has uplifted your life for today. If you've particularly enjoyed it, why not subscribe where you normally get podcasts from? Why not subscribe to Minutes for Christ? And so, until we meet again, may the blessing of God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit go with you and yours. Amen. Thank you.